Hello, Internet. This is Ewan Spence and yes, the Insight Calling. Before we have a little chat about Liverpool, the small matter of some coffee in Barcelona. And joining me on a rather dreek day in Edinburgh for another chat over coffee. Somewhere slightly sunnier, slightly warmer and far more Eurovision-y. Although I think I'm closer to Liverpool than Oliver <laughs> and Oriol are. Yes, Oliver and Oriol from the team at Barcelona Eurovision Party. Join me. Hola! Hola, hola! hola. Hello! I'm mostly out of Spanish. The only Spanish I now have left are Eurovision lyrics, which <laughs> could probably get me through. Anyway, welcome! Oh, Bar- yes. <laughs> Barcelona Eurovision Party. Oriol, tell me about it. Well, the Barcelona Eurovision Party is uh, our baby, let's call it this way. It's an event that happens as part of the pre-events tour um, before the Eurovision. We started this um, originally, we wanted to start this in 2020. And we all know that uh, something happened and we all got <laughs> literally locked down for a while. But in 2022, we could finally make our dream uh, happen. And we organized the first uh, Barcelona Eurovision party at the end of March. And we are looking delight and forward to the second edition that is going to be celebrated um, this time in a three days event uh, next year at the end of uh, March. So, Oliver, how much of a success was that first party? Oh, it was a big success for us. So we did sold out one month before of the date, uh, the event, so that it was amazing news. You have to keep in mind that three months before the event, we were in Spain's lockdown because we had like a new wave of COVID. So when we decided to start selling the tickets we, we didn't really know it if it was possible to do the event or not so at the end people in spain was deciding have fun uh eurovision fans were uh expecting for the event so they 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 go uh to the the venue and at the event was was amazing so it was super cloud people was super super happy and uh, everything works perfect Definitely, we have some. We we saw made some improvement points, but uh, yeah. um, as Olivia said, the overall was uh, we were happy, people were happy, and and for us, the, for being a first event, it was uh, pretty perfect. Um, but obviously, there's always, as we all know, uh, looking at Turin with the stage not turning, <laughs> <and> moving, <laughs> no, there's always uh, things to improve. In, in every event. Indeed. Everything can be perfect, but the next one will be even perfecter than yes. perfect. Yes. Oh, lovely. And you don't even know if that's a real word in English or not. Uh, uh, we're going to buy it for you. <laughs> <laughs> so what about uh, the 2023? Tickets are on sale now. You've got details and dates. Yes, we're already on sale since mm-hmm. um, September. We had a press conference on the 7th of uh, September here in Barcelona in the Hotel Me, which is the one where also the, there's a welcome party. Um, for all the acts that are coming uh, to Barcelona. So this is going to be also celebrated there. There we had our um, announcement with the first uh, wave of, of lineup. And we already have the ticket sales open. If you haven't grabbed your ticket yet, it's uh, bcneurovision.com. There you can get your tickets um, to see the full lineup and the further lineup announcements. Uh, it's on our Instagram, always bcneurovision. 
And the dates that you have to keep in mind, um, as we last year, we had a one day event. This year, we are going to extend it to a three days event. It's first day, the 23rd of March with the welcome party, the Eurofans Club, as we're working together with the dudes from the Eurofans Club. Then we have the Euro Queens night on the 24th Friday in Sala Polo, which was the venue um, which hosted and where we hosted the event last year. And uh, as you said it before, we're going to make things even more perfect. This is why we have a bigger venue this year for up to 4,000 people. Um, it's the San Jordi Club. And uh, there on Saturday, 25th of March, we're going to have the big party and the Eurovision, the Barcelona Eurovision party, actually. <laughs> um, we're going to celebrate there with, um, well, uh, different acts from the past, um, as we call them, legends. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully, and for sure, let's see how many of the current participants are coming. But we hope to have, uh, last year we had 11, and we're going to hope and for sure going to top um, the participants that are coming this year. And as always, we will have all of those links and dates and ticket prices and everything back on our website as well, www.escinsight.com. Perfect. Take me back to, oh, there's that word, perfect again, yeah. Um, <laughs> take me back to the decision to launch this party, to, to start this. Who is there? Who is in the room? And more importantly, why? Um, <laughs> there were, basically, it was uh, three friends that were in the room. There is uh, DJ Mata, which is the one who played the warm-up set at the Barcelona Eurovision party. Um, who was with us in the room and we had this idea well since a lot a long time uh, literally but we never had the guts no to to do it and um, at the end um, what happened was that we were um, we, we, we knew we knew obviously that there's a party in Madrid but we said listen um, we think that Spain is big enough that Barcelona and Madrid are pretty different and that Barcelona deserves to have her own Eurovision party and this is where basically the, the idea kicked off and um, we were then collecting money, well, or basically saving money <laughs> to make this happen until uh, 2020 when we had the, the money. And then uh, it got blocked again. And this was it, what the fun fact of this whole thing was that this project also brought us a little bit through the pandemic because we always were like, at the moment it ends, we're going to announce. At the moment it ends, we're going to announce. And at the moment it seemed to be. <laughs> and that. Uh, we announced, so we announced back in November 2021, uh, we were, we had uh, 120 tickets sold the first day, we had 200 tickets sold within the first week, and things were going pretty good until uh, December, when all of a sudden Spain closed down again, the whole nightlife, the concerts and everything. And there we saw each other again, basically, in the situation to, to not knowing if we should or shouldn't uh, do it, should we cancel it, should we wait, should we go through, and basically, uh, we the thing is that the eurovision songs are giving us a lot of joy in our lives no we are all, obviously we are euro fans too we are, we went to since 2015 we went to several eurovisions um we, we were there as volunteers we've been part of it the team we're working with is also um super into the eurovision so a lot of those songs gave us uh well and when we party this is our warm-up or pre-drinking <laughs> pre-game songs no let's call it this way uh so well this was was keeping us alive and we were like if this keeps us alive for sure it alive no it keeps us uh happy let's put it this way um for sure it keeps a lot of of um other people happy and this is why we want to fight through to go through and at the end we we did the right thing to to keep fighting and to finally can party then in 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 could party then in march so this was the 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 story and the motivation behind why doing this event 
And well, this uh, the first edition gave us uh, right, no, give us give us the confirmation that it wasn't a success. And this is why we we basically changed a little bit the setup of uh, how we want to do things. Now, as soon as we all know, there is London, which is a beautiful party. There's Amsterdam, which is a huge event. There is Tel Aviv, which is a, a more televised uh, event. Then there is Madrid, which is uh, even though a beautiful event, two days long. And we said, okay, all those events have uh, something in common, but we want to do something different, which is we want to bring uh, the experience of being like in a Eurovision to the to the audience. Basically, we want to bring the Eurovision to everyone who cannot go to the Eurovision, because uh, I think as the three of us know, <laughs> and a lot of the people that are listening, um, uh, going to the Eurovision is more than expensive, and also time uh, a, a costly thing nowadays. So what we want to build is basically listen. We know that we know the situation. We also have been gone through this a lot of years, and this is why we want to to offer you a, not a cheaper version, no, but an affordable version of of going to the Eurovision. Mm-hmm. And this is why our setup, for example, we have a stage design this year. We have um, as we're gonna well, we can tell this right away. No, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna we are filming at the moment postcards all around Barcelona to have uh, it as Eurovision like as possible. <laughs> we have. Yeah, the green room. We have also. a green room in the venue uh, for the artists that are coming over so that the people that are inside uh, the venue feel like being at the Eurovision. This is our aim of, of the event, um, not only to, to have the artists come over or the participants come over to present the songs, but also for the audience to have this feeling of, hey, cool, it looks like I'm in uh, Liverpool now, no? or like last year, I'm yeah. in, in Turin which obviously last year was not possible, but this year we have the, the well, again, the guts <laughs> to make it better and, and bigger. I had a little podcast that I put together as a lockdown project. Other people, you know, started to do some, some, some modelling or some or work on a small scale. You decided to try and replicate the Eurovision Song Contest in Barcelona. <laughs> well... Well, yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. you have to dream big, no? It's like um, everyone has his dreams, and, <clears throat> and uh, as as your dream was to set up a, a, um, a podcast, no? Our dream was and and still is to bring the Eurovision one day to Barcelona and to make the Eurovision accessible to everyone. Um, this is was our dream and is our dream. Um, we may be crazy, and we uh, heard hear this a lot of times. Um, que locos. But here in Spain now, but here we are and <laughs> fighting for us and, and, and trying to, to make the best for, for everyone and to make something different. You know, because copying is easy, uh, inventing is the, the fun part of the game. What was the biggest challenge you faced in that first year? Well, besides COVID, uh, the logistics. The we logistics, yes. uh, we had at, at the end we had an an artist lineup of 24 artists from the past and from the um, well in this case the future Eurovision, which is also in the past. Um, but the logistics of sudden all of well we knew about it no, but we didn't uh, consider that it's going to be that big. And having all of a sudden to organize flights for 24 uh, artists from different countries. Um, for extra delegations that were coming without artists, but to see the event, for um, hotels, transfers. <laughs> very, very short time for rehearsals, ah, yes. for sound checks. So all the delegations and the artists have to have the short time just to rehearsal and be sure that they will have de- deliver the best show. So it's everything is very tight on the time. 
and it may it must be very like must be like a clock so everything must work perfectly logistics artists and art so everything would must be work perfect yeah. this was the and i yeah this was the the challenges of the first event that uh we have now an account obviously for the second so we have a bigger team now uh which is <laughs> helping us to set this this event up because uh the the team of six people that we were at the first event uh we were pretty burnt <laughs> at the at sunday and were we do were enjoying it but we were pretty exhausted at the, at the end yeah. yeah does it give you a better understanding of just how big the song contest is itself oh, because oh, for, for people who haven't organized events there are so many tiny things that need to be done that you never know about and there's six of you. And there's thousands of people that work in the song contest in Turin and in Liverpool coming up this year. It must be, it gives you a different angle on just everything that's going on, doesn't it? Yes, so you you um, see that it's not that easy um, as it seems like, and that what uh, what's gonna put on the table in each country in its song contest is uh, massive. So it's like, um, uh, it doesn't matter if at the end the the sun because as of my joke before or not uh, the sun is turning or not but the the thing is like um even that there is a sun no it's massive <laughs> and and we did um not even a 10 percent of the of the of the how you say of the bigness no that the eurovision is our event is, is nothing it's it's like an after party uh, during the eurovision week no at the end uh, so to to hear it in but still we felt like organizing one because the amount of work was massive and and i don't even want to imagine the amount of work that that the team of the bbc and and and, and of ukraine uh, is is looking for now for liverpool because this must be uh well it is massive one of the other things that people know about the song contest is how much it costs to put on now all of us in the community kind of know that you know, a government and regions can get that back and things like advertising and extra income coming into the city. People who put on preview concerts like yourselves don't have that. The investment, that initial kick of money is quite a lot when it's coming from what you said, six people were helping out with this show yeah. when it started. I yeah. mean, talk about just how expensive this sort of thing can be. Well, it's it's a big number. It's, it's a um, five-digit number that we're talking about. But what we had is is um, a lot of uh, luck, uh, to be honest, because we had got the help from the city um, council of Barcelona, which paid up to thirty percent of the costs of the event. Uh, we put in about twenty percent. Then we had ten percent from other sponsors, and the remaining sixty percent basically comes from the ticket sales. So this is how we are financing and how we are setting up our event. Um, the amount at the end that um, stays over, in this case, the first edition wasn't, there wasn't really <laughs> an amount that uh, stayed, but in case there is uh, staying an amount this year, um, what we're going to want to do is to make more Eurovision events here in Barcelona and to use this to reinvest then for the for future um, events. No, because uh, the, the thing is like, even as uh, we know that the ticket price is obviously uh, still high with um, starting 46 euros now and going up to um, um, 105 euros for the for the um, packs now because we have the three day packs and, and the hotel packs and stuff like this. Um, so we know that it's pretty high, but at the end, what people 
sometimes as we talked before forgetting is you have a logistics and flights for uh, 20 delegations no you have uh, artists coming from all over um, oh. the world because we have done in from Australia. So it's yeah. literally all over the world. <laughs> and also we have to pay her flights. We have to pay, obviously, she's getting uh, something. She's getting a fee no, for, for um, uh, being, putting on a show, a performance for, for you guys. Uh, the stage, the venue rental, stuff like this. So all of this uh, influence and at the end, the amount that stays from this uh, 46 um, to up to 100 euros uh, and taxes, obviously, as we <laughs> Spain, we have also to pay taxes. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't seem like, uh, but yeah, uh, it, the amount it says is not, is not that big and could not, uh, and the event could not be made if we do not have the help of, of us and the and the six people that are around us to, well, to, to set up you know, all of this. And what about after the event? What did the artist who took to that stage, who themselves took a chance on a new concert you know they could have just like you know what i'm amsterdam's airlines i'm just going to take a week off and just rest but no (laughs) i'm going to i'm going to see what barcelona is like how did the artists feel last year the artists as a the fun thing about barcelona is which we didn't have uh, which we didn't thought about last year is that um obviously it's the first time they all see each other so um, in Barcelona, no, there were representatives of the 2023 Eurovision. The ones who are coming are the ones who see the, each other the first time. So it's pretty fun because they start partying on on uh, on this case on Thursday because we are all flying them in on Thursday. So they start partying together on Thursday. They know each other on Friday. They already kind of uh, friendships and on Saturday after the concert, they um, what they're doing or what they did last year was to stay until uh, Sunday um, afternoon. And they enjoyed Barcelona together. So there were some of them who had uh, with the uh, touristic bus. Now they have one of tour. They did a tour together. There was Ronella uh, with Chanel uh, last year. Then uh, going out on their own. So there are there are, there are some picky stories that happened. <laughs> so it was uh, it was pretty fun. And the artists do enjoy this. And also uh, what we saw and what I really um, I remember one scene from Rosa Lopez, the Spanish entry from uh, 2002. Um, she was together with Chanel uh, in the backstage, and Chanel asked her how, like, que pasa en Eurovision, no? What what's <laughs> happening now in Eurovision? And uh, the 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 tips she gave her, no, and the the advice she gave her, uh, just seeing this, like, was like, wow. So uh, we did something right because at the end, also the uh, participants that are going to revisions do appreciate that we have uh, legends. Uh, as we call them, no, uh, um, at the at the Eurovision Barcelona the, the Barcelona Eurovision party. <laughs> what about from the audience? Uh, well, we, we did uh, we try it in the first edition to do a communication not just in Spain. To we try to do uh, social media campaign out of Spain to try to attract uh, the Eurovision fans from all over, over Europe. So we had around 30% of people not from Spain and 70% from Barcelona and other areas, but mostly from the Barcelona area. So I think we did a pretty nice job for the first edition. And what we are trying for the second and the next edition is to be, become a more international even. So this is what, uh, as Oriol um, told you, that um, the City Council, Council of Barcelona is supporting us. And he, uh, they, they have seen the event like a city event, something that can grow in the next years and can be something that attracts and uh, move people to Barcelona for a week or for not just for a one concert night, 
if not, this is why we are trying to do it bigger for three nights and to get that, uh, to try that Barcelona, people um, live like Barcelona experience, join with the, the Eurovision experience. So, uh, so mainly the people from uh, first edition was uh, gay men. So it's like something that it's more Eurovision profile uh, as usual. Uh, but it was more very diverse because we, we saw families, we saw uh, more senior people. So it was like uh, very, very diverse. And of course, so ultra, ultra Eurovision fans that were on the, for, on the first row, in the first uh, row of the stage. How did it feel when you realised that the Barcelona City Council was not only interested, but, you know, really interested in what you were doing? Well, it, it, to be honest, it was not surprising because mm -hmm. Barcelona um, and Eurovision, they have the same values at the end. No, Barcelona is a diverse city. Eurovision is a diverse um, competition at the end. Uh, here we love music uh, and everyone is welcome. The Eurovision welcomes everyone. Doesn't matter where you're coming from, which background you have. Um, and it's obviously a huge stage for musicians. <laughs> Needless to say, I guess. Um, and this is why it wasn't really surprising for us that Barcelona says, listen, the Eurovision fits into our values as a city mm -hmm. because uh, they're the same. We obviously were happy um, to receive then uh, and, well, uh, and how say, support, uh, not only in, in words, but also obviously in, in, in actions. Okay. No? But uh, this is why uh, we think that Barcelona and, and the Eurovision is a fit. And this is why we also um, think and hope that everyone who comes to Barcelona from outside of, of uh, Spain uh, sees it um, or experiences it as we do. Because the, as, as I said before, no, the Eurovision, Barcelona Eurovision party is divided in different venues in Barcelona. And this is not because there wasn't one free venue. It's because we wanted to be all over the city. Because the idea is that people see Barcelona, feel Barcelona, and experience Barcelona, which at the end is for us like experience the Eurovision. Yeah. This is the <coughs> idea behind this. Speaking of Eurovision, yes, Spain has not had a good couple of years at Eurovision until <laughs> we got to Turin. Take off your professional organiser hats. <laughs> How much fun did you have watching Chanel just climb up that score table and just finally deliver for Spain after so many years? Well, it was, uh, um, the two of us obviously followed the Benidorm Festival and we were, as everyone here in Barcelona, we were cheering for Rigoberta with uh, her song, Ay Mama. This was our, we thought that this is going to go to to Eurovision and we pretty thought represented by, by this song at the moment. But to be honest, the first time uh, we saw Chanel in the first semi-final of the, of the Benidorm Fest, uh, with the lights, uh, the, the moment of this, we were impressed. Eh? We didn't know that she was going to win, but and we didn't thought she was going to win, but we were impressed and like, wow, this this has something. And when she won, the hype that uh, was created afterwards and that she moved uh, was something we haven't seen in Spain in, in, a, in a lot, a lot of years. And it uh, really feel uh, felt good because people who usually laugh about the Eurovision here and they're like, ah, this is a, whatever, a, a clown's concert, no? Um, or this is not to take serious. They took it serious. And uh, you could talk <laughs> with everyone uh, about Eurovision, about Chanel, everyone had this opinion. Everyone was listening to the songs before um, because also um, Urs with Yamame Yamame, 
you know, had a big success here in Spain and was uh, touring around now in summer. So the, the audience and everyone was like looking forward to it. And the last time I noticed it was, um, even though she was not going for Spain, but it was when uh, Eleni Fureira came with Fuego in 2018. This was the last time I experienced uh, a hype, but nothing compared to what happened uh, last year here in, in, in Spain. And this is uh, mainly uh, because the Radio Televisión Española, no? our um, um, national broadcaster, did a fabulous job um, in, in promoting her, in, in, in promoting the song, and also in how they treated the fans. Because we, we, whatever you needed, whatever you got, uh, we got it. They informed us a lot about it. We were, we felt like being with Chanel in the green room <laughs> during uh, the, the votes. And, and we felt like being with her backstage uh, because we, you could follow them everywhere. So they did a good job. And um, well, the hype uh, was real, you know, as you said. <laughs> what about Benidorm Fest? One of the things that caught my eye, and we've still, to, as we record this, we've still to see the actual entry list for Benidorm Fest 2023. Yes. But how many of the entries had come from the music industry? I mean, what does Benidorm Fest feel like in Spain? Well, Benidorm <laughs> Fest, it was, uh, we were skeptical eh? when they came up with this idea, when it was announced there is now a contest um, for for Spain to choose the Eurovision uh, representative. And uh, this was last year, no? And and we were like, okay, let's have a look what what they're gonna what they're gonna bring, no? <laughs> what what this is gonna be? But to be honest, the lineup, the diversity uh, of the lineup from um, songs in 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 Galician, no, up to um, up to songs in English, up to mixed versions, no. Uh, the the variety of artists from Rigoberta Bandini with I'm a man and a tit <laughs> on the stage, no, um, over to Chanel with with uh, the with the slow show. Um, everything was or Blanca Paloma, which mm -hmm. I love. No, there there was um, a variety of artists that really um, that well they really did a good job, and you really were uh, watching and 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 getting hyped to see okay i feel whoever is going to come now i really feel represented somehow by this artist so this was the nice thing and now obviously we're gonna as the first edition when it's a big uh, success no everyone's looking on the second one so as you we are waiting for the announcement of artists that are going to be in there or the pool of artists uh, of the sixes 16 finalists so we're really looking forward to as you know the first edition is always uh if when the first edition is a big success everyone wants to know what's going on in the second one so as do we <laughs> this is why we're really looking forward to the second edition of the Benidorm festival and of the artists pool they're going to announce uh, um, or they announced in this case yesterday when you hear this <laughs> We're recording this before the artist announcement, but it's going to be published after the artist announcement. Okay. So who do you want to see in the list? Uh, we would love to see, I would love to see Soraya because uh, I love to come back again. Yeah. And yes, I will she'll come back again because I love her performance in the Eurovision and I think she deserves a second chance. Um, and I also would love to see Vadi Brava, the ones who were in the pre-selection um, um, last year. Um, as I think the, um, I pretty like the songs to be honest. So this is why <laughs> they're my mood, my vibe. So it would be cool to see them back again and a little bit more of a variety. No, I want to see diversity. I think it's nice. This uh, selection festival shows uh, a famous artist uh, at the same level that new artists or not known artists. So it's, I think is the, this is the nice so that 
fine artists that are, are in the music industry, but they are sharing the stage with people that maybe they are not now, but they they are they they, they try to to transform music in their way of life. So it's a very good opportunity. This is this is the example of Chanel. For example, Chanel is it was not known for Spanish audience. Chanel, she's a musical actress. Okay, very good one with the best musicals in Madrid, but she's not known as the, the name. People doesn't know who, who is Chanel. So now Chanel have, will have a music career. So this is what I think that uh, what Eurovision do to create starts. Okay, that we know that the difficulties to, to to maintain or to 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 stay on the okay on the, top. on the top, but this is what I think, and this is what they did in a, in Benidorm Fest to put in the same stage artists very well known in Spain, big artists that, that already went to Eurovision, like Azucar Moreno, for example, that uh, they already went in uh, Eurovision. I don't remember the, the year, but in the nineties, at the same level of other artists, that young artists that are performing maybe for the first time. So I think this is uh, the magic of Benidorm Fest. And of course, whoever gets through Benidorm Fest, you get to invite to Barcelona. And we hope so. Yeah. Like <laughs> last year, it's coming again this year. But you can also invite those that didn't make it through, the sort of the national final songs. If there's a buzz, you're going to give them another chance to experience Eurovision. Yes, we're gonna this year. Last year we couldn't due to a time uh, limit <laughs> in the venue, and uh, so we have a lot of artists. But this year we're gonna for sure invite some uh, Benidorm, uh, well, the ones who did not win the Benidorm festival, um, and the ones we think match and fit in our in our um, party. So we're gonna for sure give them the platform again to present their their songs and and their their art. And final question. Of all the Spanish songs that made it to Eurovision <laughs> before 2022, okay, <laughs> which are your favorites? Uh, Dime from Beth, even though she's not singing it since 18 years, um, what and would be uh, a dream come true. But uh, we Dime from Beth is my all-time favorite, and wherever we go, wherever they play it, uh, we're on top singing it. But I want to say that, uh, for example, for no repeated idea, is that Pastora Sole's song, Quédate Conmigo, I think it was an amazing song with amazing voice. Everything was perfect. And okay, I think it was a very, very good option for Spanish song. Yes. Anyway, um, it has been absolutely fantastic to hear about Barcelona's Eurovision Party Adventures. Oriol, Olivier, Thank you very much for taking the time to join me. Thank, Thank, Thank you. Thank you for giving us the platform and yeah. for bringing us joy through the years. Remind us once more where people can find information about the party. You can get the tickets for the Barcelona Eurovision Party, which is happening the 23rd, 24th and 25th of March 2023 on bcneurovision.com and any information on our Twitter or Instagram account, which is also BCN Eurovision. And, and how do I say bring on the guitars in Spanish? Llévate las guitarras. This Eurovision chat over coffee was with Ewan Spence and Oriol Serra and Olivier Gao from Barcelona Eurovision. Find it more at www.esinsight.com. Support us patreon.com.esinsight and get the tickets where they told you from earlier. <laughs> <laughs>